Topics. Hi, <laughs> I'm Megan. And I'm Bricky Brick. Oh, another one, another nickname for you. Yep. And you're Megan. Megan. Oh, wow. Well, I don't know about that one. That's not good. That is a pill. Immediately hated that, actually. So. Yeah. Well, Brooke, we, today, speaking of pills, we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about how OCD and codependency are related. Yep. So this is, you know, we're, we're going to cover the basics. Obviously, we are not doctors. We are not mental health professionals. Yes. Of any sort. Um, but we, I do think that overthinking, impulsivity, um, intrusive thoughts are a big part of codependency. Yeah. And codependency of course doesn't exist in a vacuum Mm -hmm. like we've said before so the intersectionality of codependency with obsessive thinking maybe OCD all of those things I think are really interesting to dissect and we can maybe start in this episode yeah and OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder yes thank you just to clarify and it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be touching a doorknob 25 Mm -hmm. times which is what a lot of people Mm -hmm. Um, relate OCD to, right? Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah. It can look like a lot of different things. Yeah, just like codependency. Ooh. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. So the first part, I wanted to just clarify what is obsessive compulsive disorder um, and what I found on a .org website, so you know you can trust it, was that... <laughs> Love it. Uh-huh, there are three features of OCD. Um, obsessions, so unwanted thoughts or urges... Mm-hmm. compulsions, repetitive behaviors or thoughts used to neutralize negative feelings, and then anxiety, excessive uneasiness. Mm. So those are the three main features of OCD, and I think, you know, you, you have to check all those boxes yeah. to be diagnosed with that. Um, but oftentimes what we think of as, as OCD is that compulsions part of like repetitive behaviors, touching the doorknob, checking the stove, you know, yeah. washing your hands, but it can look like a lot of different things. For example, I, I have a family history of OCD and I've never been diagnosed with OCD officially. Um, when I was a kid though, I ha- would have, and I still do, but I make myself cut it out. <laughs> but I, I, I usually exhibit these type of compulsions in like a breath pattern. So mm-hmm. like if I am driving and I see a sign when I, I first noticed this when I was very young, maybe like five or six, and I would see a sign, I would have to read all of the words before I passed the sign, <laughs> but it wasn't like a cute game I was playing with myself. Yeah. It was this unease in my soul that if I didn't read all of them, something bad was going to happen. Really? And I was so upset if I didn't I read all of the words and I was, you know, would think about it on the entire ride home and then I would make sure I would do it on every single other sign just to make up for the fact that I didn't do it on that one sign. Really? And then I started having weird breathing patterns. Like I would have to breathe a certain amount of times between here and the pole that I am approaching. Wow. Um, 
Have you ever, was it to the point where, like, if you were driving with your parents, would your, like, your mom or something, would you make her, like, stop so you can go read this? Or would you ever No, I never told anybody because okay. I knew that it was weird. Okay. I, like, had the idea. And I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to say weird. I'm not trying to judge people who have obsessive-compulsive disorder. I just, in my six-year-old mind, all yeah. I knew was... This isn't normal. normal. No one else is doing this. Yeah. You know, I'm looking around. No one else is breathing seven times before the poll. What's going on? Yeah. And it's such an odd feeling because you do feel like you need to do that thing. I felt like I needed to breathe that many times or, you know, that's kind of all I could think about if I didn't do it. And then my whole body felt uneasy and I felt anxious. That's crazy. It's, yeah, very... Not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I know, okay, again, we're not using the C word. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I would say my compulsions came through. Um, And then I think it also was described as it could be compulsive thoughts that are excessively, um, like... um, uh, aggressive or like uh, dangerous and and sometimes hmm. you know if it's severe enough can allude to like death or you know really negative uh, motifs essentially okay. so that that's also can be under the compulsions part that yeah. you can have compulsive thoughts that are of specific themes that are like dangerous or just not serving you you know okay but is it because I have obsessive thoughts sometimes Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. what makes it OCD and what makes it obsessive yeah I mean I do think that you have to tick all of these boxes it I don't actually know this but I you know similar to a lot of other ways that that psychologists or psychiatrists will diagnose people it's kind of a process of elimination Mm -hmm. diagnosis rather than a um like a let me see if you match all of my rubric it's more of a like um you know it's not this it's not this and then we kind of end here I see so I but I do know that the the what I've read is that you have to have all three features or something something with all three features okay obsessions compulsions and anxiety so if you're thinking about something or you have intrusive thoughts and that's it Mm-hmm. that can stand alone and it's not necessarily OCD. I think that's a huge point to bring up because yeah. I think a lot of people have obsessive thoughts and intrusive thoughts. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. And doesn't necessarily mean you have OCD, but is, I think, related in this same conversation. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I would say I'm definitely leaning more towards a person who has obsessive thoughts, mm-hmm. not necessarily OCD because I don't take all three of them. But yeah, I can see for sure how they're related and how all three of them need to be combined in order to make a OCD diagnosis. Right. And um, a difference that I was reading about obsessive thinking versus, you know, diagnosis of OCD is that you actually, um, it's been proven that people with OCD have different functioning prefrontal cortexes, like Mm. when presented with danger or when, you know, when presented with um, something they need to be ready for or respond to, um, their prefrontal cortex is lit up less than people without diagnosis of OCD. Um, And just the the layman's terms of the way they were describing why or what that means is that 
they're, the prefrontal cortex is the place where logic and executive functions is housed. And so they're not using that as much in the moment to respond. They're using their more fear-based, emotions-based response um, rather than allowing the prefrontal cortex to come in and kind of soothe that initial emotional or fear-based, fear-based reaction, okay. um, which I'm sure is what aids the concern and consistent anxiety and consistent thoughts like this is a problem this is a problem this is a problem yeah and and the prefrontal cortex if it were lighting up more would probably be able to stop that and say oh it's not because xyz i see you know so it kind of puts logic at the back seat yeah takes emotion and your anxiety is running the show right right well so do i don't know if you did any if there's any research on this but do you know if when confronted with a situation of fight flight or freeze do Mm -hmm. you know what an OCD person might react? Mm, You're like, I don't nope. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. But but based on what I read, I don't think it would be just one. I think I, I don't see why the fact that you have OCD would mean that you would respond in one of those three ways only. Like, I think I it probably is varied. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just, but I'm, I'm totally guessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love I put you on the spot and ask you a very clinical <laughs> I know, question. I love- like. I do this to you a lot of podcasts, like, or, or on a few of ours. Hey. <laughs> By the way, quick question. Yeah. Um, but let's talk a little bit about how OCD or obsessive thinking can exacerbate codependency. Mm-hmm. Because what I did read um, was that OCD sufferers have increased sense of fear and mm-hmm. lack of security. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of codependency. Oh, yeah. I mean, phew. For sure. They, people with OCD need constant reassurance and validation. Yep. Codependent. Bang, bang, <laughs> boom. Uh, people with OCD have heightened anxiety about their partner not being trustworthy. Hmm. hmm. Sounds familiar. Well. And they... <laughs> well. <laughs> okay. Um, they doubt reality. Mm-hmm. Which is huge. And also goes into the not trusting that partner is trustworthy because... Even if, like we had talked about in the anxious attachment one, like even if my partner has given me zero reason <laughs> to um, not trust them, yeah, every single thing that's happened in our relationship is is fine. I'm doubting that what I'm seeing is even true. Yeah, I'm doubting reality. Yeah, you know, it's always it's always thinking something that is like. It's always believing what's not true, and then when something is right in front of you, you also will discount that as real. Yes. It's yeah. crazy. Okay, here are the reasons why that example doesn't count. Yeah. You yeah. know? You'll, you'll find ways to discount it, even though it's like, nope, that's what yeah. it was. I mean. And I think that's this is so interesting because this whole thing, how it ties into OCD or obsessive thinking, is that all of this thinking is based in fear mm-hmm. and based in not – and wanting to – like fight off the thing that might happen yeah you know so you think of all of these options of things that might happen right and then now you're living in that space and none of it has happened nothing has nothing has happened and there's no reason to think that it will happen but because I've thought that and now because I'm having intrusive obsessive thoughts and I've thought that so many times Mm -hmm. that now is the reality to my brain because I've given it so much space right in my brain I've given it so much leeway right it's taking over and if you're to bring up what you're obsessively thinking about to somebody else they might be 
like thrown off by the importance that you're putting on mm-hmm. that because you've been spiraling about yes. that. Yes. And they're like, like, why what? are you even talking about that? And you're yeah. like, I can't believe it's like that that picture of Charlie Day from Always Sunny with the strings behind him on the wall where he and he looks crazy oh yeah like been thinking about something for hours and hours and matt comes in like what (laughs) is going on (laughs) and it's about nothing and it's all his spiraling out in like nonsense land that is a pretty good example yes a spiral and of codependency and of obsessive thoughts that are not based in reality it's like i've done all of this research based on the made-up thoughts that i had last night yeah and all into today <laughs> oh for sure and and you can't tell me otherwise because yeah. i know for a fact it's true we can't unravel this string <laughs> i have tied it together in too many places here yeah you know and that's really what obsessive thoughts do in the brain is that once once they've gone around your circuitry too many times it's embedded too deep you can't yeah. just turn it off or someone says it's not true and you think oh okay it just doesn't work that way right you right know? i i thought of the very popular liar liar with jim carrey mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite movies of all time <laughs> you know so the good. one the one scene where the pen this yeah. pen is like he just can't say it and that whole i mean that whole movie is a struggle but like in that way of like you know yeah that's what makes it enjoyable it's fun but like i don't know why i just thought of that as like obsessive like yeah i don't know and like (laughs) lying to yourself not being able to get out of that that yeah my like frame of mind and i think that then, of course, that creates the need for constant reassurance and validation because you are trying to believe the person. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why you're in the relationship or whatever the situation is. But because because your brain has been taken over... Yeah. You're no longer the pilot. You're no longer the... Literally. Yeah. And, And this runaway obsessive thought is now the pilot. Yeah. And so you need that constant reassurance and validation externally. Right. Because internally you're always being sabotaged. Oh yeah. And reality's always being sabotaged. So then you always need the response that, hey, what was reality again? Hey, remind yeah, me. Exactly. You know? I have called people in the middle of the night to mm-hmm. tell them what my story that I'm telling myself yeah. is, right? Yeah. And I will explain in full detail mm-hmm. why this, this, and this. So like, it's 1 a.m. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I've uh, Yeah, this but I'm th- wide awake, <laughs> honey. So let's chit-chat about this. Yeah. Now you are, and you're going to mm-hmm. suffer through this with me. We're going to have, while I have this episode, mm-hmm. you're going to, you know. So I, yeah, I know. It's to the point where when that problem takes on as the pilot, all logic and reasoning is gone. Mm-hmm. And then the per- whoever you're trying to reason with with this fake scenario, they're just like, what is going on? Yes, and it comes off where is this coming from? Yeah, and it comes off way more intense than yeah. cuz you've been really obsessing over it. Yes. Yeah. But it's cr- not not crazy. <laughs> it is no secrets. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it now because my one word is gone. I've I know. taken my one word away from me. But it's just remarkable how much I believe my obsessions. Yeah. No, no one can tell me otherwise. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it, you know? Yeah. And that 
probably stems from the next uh, bullet point here, which is self-esteem issues. Mm. OC, people with OCD often have self-esteem issues. Again, codependent. codependency, yeah. same with codependency. And, you know, I just, there. It, this is also tied together. Like, if you have self-esteem issues, I think it's going to, like, initiate the theme of your thoughts to be negative about you and for you. Yeah. Because you don't believe you deserve better. Mm-hmm. Right? It's reinforcing what you already believe about mm-hmm. yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah. And feelings of shame and embarrassment are frequent when you have OCD. Yeah. Because you know, like we were talking about before, it's like even at a young age, you knew that you were, quote-unquote, not normal. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. it sucks. It, it hates... I hate these, like, you know, situations or mental health issues where people, they get labeled as, like, weird or, like, like even Tourette's, right? Like, mm-hmm. I watch so many videos online about people with Tourette's and, mm-hmm. Tourette's mm-hmm. and it's, like, it's just so sad. It's yeah. it's sad that, like, people are so quick to judge that yes. and, you know, give it labels. But it, it's very easy to feel shameful and um, guilty of how, you're, how you are when not a lot of people are experiencing it around you and so you're constantly feeling like the guy or the girl who's just or non-binary non-binary i'm not trying to you know get any like gender labels i'm just saying like it's really difficult to be that person in the room knowing that like oh my gosh this thought is consuming me and I know that all consuming. Other people don't care about this at all, you yeah. know, or not <laughs> yeah. thinking this, you know. Or don't care about it and also don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's and tough. that was another part of what I read today about OCD was that oftentimes people with OCD will develop a so-called tick, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I know people in my family who have that. And, you know, I think it's just an outward expression of the, like, repetitive mindset of like it just oh we're looping around again oh we're looping around again oh here it is again you know right like I don't know it's just kind of an outward expression of that yeah and you know I I, doing more research on ticks it's actually very it's more common than what Mm -hmm. people think Mm -hmm. um and they might not show as a tick to begin with but Mm -hmm. then if you're around that person enough, you might, or like if you know them in an intimate way, you might mm-hmm. realize, oh, it is tick or mm-hmm. something, or they tell you. But like, it, it can be anything, you know, I've seen some people like have like a thing where they have to like touch their ear or like, or they just like have this tick where they have to like do bodily things to themselves, mm-hmm. you know, because that thought is coming around. Yeah. And you know, on a level I can relate, like there's times where... Like, have you ever had a thought, and we always have this right before bed, where we think of, like, some cringy yes. memory, you know, of, like, when you're in sixth grade and said that one thing. In like, 2016, when I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I said gruel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you, like, you over, you agonize over those moments. But some, I think I have, like, a mental tick, because sometimes I've done this thing now, I don't know why, but, like, when a weird memory comes up, I'll be like, I love you, Brooke. Like, I'll say it quickly. Oh, I'll just so say it quickly cute. in my head. And then it, like, it, it just, like, kind of pushes it away for a second. Oh, I love that. Um, and I'll say it, fa- but it's almost like a, like a tick. Automatic response, quick response. Yeah. And yeah. then I noticed the other day, because I live alone, so I'm, like, you know, folding my laundry. And then, like, I had that thought, and I asked, I said it out loud. Like, yeah. I love you, Brooke. And I was like, oh, weird. You're like, oh, okay. 
Brooke, don't say that when you're in public. <laughs> that would be so sweet if I heard you say that to yourself. I love that. Normalize that. Yeah. Aww. Actually, it really does help because it, it, as long as it's something, like, try and develop a positive tick if you can. Like, if you yeah. are going to have a tick, just, like, make it a thing where you're, it's something, like, that makes you feel even better about it or something. You totally. Know? I love that. So... Well, then let's talk about action steps. <laughs> so, let's talk about action steps for how to move forward if you feel like you're struggling with OCD or obsessive thoughts. Always seek therapy. Yeah. And for OCD, specific psychotherapy, usually cognitive behavioral therapy, is the response or the treatment? The treatment, yeah. For OCD, um, but then medication is also possible if you're seeing a, a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, those are the two main ideas that we really want to reinforce. You know, if you're struggling with this, we are not experts. We do not have to know how to diagnose people. We're not saying any of these things are diagnoses or a rubric to see if you're OCD or whatever. Absolutely not. Seek therapy 100%. But, um, you know, there are some strategies that you can use to kind of put these things at bay or kind of um, stop your obsessive thinking Mm -hmm. um, or at least mitigate it, you know? Yeah. And those are don't reinforce the worries and thoughts. So you don't Mm -hmm. want to keep finding reasons to trust those things or keep finding reasons to think about them, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Step back. Recognize that you're thinking them without judgment, label the thing that you're thinking. Right. But then you really want to actually try to distract yourself instead of believing that continuing to think about them is going to solve anything. Right. You know, because usually that's my thing where I'm like, if I think about this some more, I'll come to a conclusion and then I'll solve it. Right. And it's like, that's just not going to happen. And that's just not realistic in life. You can't just think your way through every problem that arises. Exactly. And I really, really, really for a long time believed that that was true. Mm -hmm. And that I was doing the right thing. That I was doing the brave thing. Continuing to think about this because I'm trying to solve it. Yeah. it's like, no, Meg. No, it's not solving anything. You're trapping yourself. You're trapped. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So try to distract away from that. And then acknowledge your thoughts as a third-party observer, to recognize patterns of thoughts. This is how you can recognize maybe what your trigger is mm-hmm. and then minimize the trigger. Right. You know? And by the way, these are great action steps for just being codependent and yes. not at all having OCD. Like, these are excellent things that, as a codependent, we should already be doing, is yeah. observing our thoughts and then responding. Not believing them immediately. Yes, you are not your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You are not the obsessive impulsive thoughts that you are or that you're having (laughs) (laughs) that you absolutely 100% are (laughs) I just totally like reverse what I just said yeah um and then one way to do that to kind of separate yourself from your thoughts is mindfulness and meditation because the whole purpose of that is to be present in the moment focusing on your breath focusing on you know what is real right now yeah so that you're not trapped in the non-reality of those thoughts right absolutely and even if that I I know a lot of people struggle with meditation it's hard to just sit still and not you know think about anything I think people have the wrong idea though Mm -hmm. it's not about like 
you're not stopping your thoughts because that's impossible, right? It's just getting into the practice of observing them. And that's Mm -hmm. what meditation does is the more you start practicing it, even if it's five minutes a day in the morning or the night um, or whatever time of day you want to do it, as truly, it does help so much because then you you start getting into the mindset of the observer. And at the end of the day, who self is, when you're answering the question, who is self, who am I, mm-hmm. you're that third-party observer. You are not at all the thoughts that are swirling in your head. Can you imagine if you were? Mm-hmm. I've had some insane thoughts before yeah. where I'm like, where did that come from? Well, yeah, and you know what? Actually, that brings me back to that thing I said earlier about how compulsions of thoughts can be really aggressive or negative or about death when you yeah. have that OCD mindset. And so that you end up feeling so ashamed yeah. for thinking those things because, of course, you think, that's me? Oh, my gosh. But it's not. It it's is not. not. It's not. And and even if you look at the um, at Tourette's, something like, you know, if mm-hmm. you ever do the research on Tourette's, it's really just you cannot control the, like, you audibly speaking those mm-hmm. like thoughts that we are are trying to push the back of our head because we all have these these crazy thoughts and if you think about Tourette's and how funny of a or like people always laugh at you know mm-hmm. how that operates but like what they're doing essentially is just speaking those thoughts that we're all yeah compulsively having at mm-hmm. times right and they mm-hmm. can't help but speak it and yeah. that's what that you know whole disorder is about yeah so my whole point to that is we all have wacko thoughts sometimes yeah. but that isn't you that's yeah. just a freaking thought exactly you know and then the last one is challenge your thoughts you don't want to immediately partner with them and say it is true but i'm just not gonna think about it right now no say well is that true yeah i know that's true give me give me a reason why that's true okay i I can't give me evidence now i'm going to give you evidence about why it's not true exactly you know really come to head with those lies Right. And, and it's going to be hard to do this to every thought that comes into your brain. It's hard to check each one. But we're talking about the thoughts that are the obsessive ones, the mm-hmm. ones that you can't stop mm-hmm. thinking about. St- you know, put it on trial. Put it, yeah. you know, under investigation. You know, do what you can to look into that claim. Mm-hmm. Is it true? Exactly. <laughs> and that's why mindfulness and meditation really helped me. Because at first I was like, I do not get this. Like, it, yeah. it's so uncomfortable. What am I doing? But then someone explained it to me of... You're not trying to think nothing. You're trying to recognize where your thoughts are going. And just as they move, you bring them back. Yeah, As they move, you gently bring them back. And that practice has allowed me to do that in my daily life. Now I recognize my thoughts a lot more than I was. Now I'm able to gently bring them back and kind of rein it in. You know, I now have the reins on my thoughts, essentially, because I'm more aware and I've practiced doing that. Uh, absolutely. And there's actually a great book called Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Mm. Uh, I don't know who writes it, but it was an excellent book. And what he talks about meditation being is imagine you're like sitting on a little hillside you know, on the grass or whatever, and your thoughts are clouds mm. and you're watching them pass by. And you just gent- gently watch them pass by, watch them get out of frame. And then, you know, you're not, like, banishing your thoughts. You're not pushing them away. You're just seeing it for what it is and, like, a cloud, letting it pass by. Perfect visualization. Yeah, I just love that. I love that. that. It's so helpful. Yeah. Yeah, and so just how many connections OCD obsessive thinking has with codependency? You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's mind-boggling. All that list, it was, like, the same 
thing, you know? It was so funny. Yeah, when you had first said that, you know, we should do an episode on OCD and codependency, I was like, okay, yeah, totally, like, thinking we would highlight OCD kind of as a separate thing. But as we're getting into this, it's so crazy, the the amount of similarities. Overlap, right? Yeah, there's a lot of overlap, so. And just to be clear, if you're having suicidal ideations, please call 988. That's a suicide hotline. If you're struggling yeah. with codependency, you can look up coda.org, C-O-D-A.org. Please seek Therapy and help. This podcast is not for diagnoses. We do not know what we're talking about. We're we just have no idea what pontificating we're um, and trying to build a communi- community around learning more. Yeah, just being curious about the way yeah. that we operate as people. And something else we're curious about is do, do you like us? us? Bye for now. See you next time.